Champion bachelors Craig and Greg present a myriad of topics centering on relationships and addictions in the positive lights of experience, strength, and hope. Both have struggled with the strongholds of addiction and with relationships that went awry, and both have emerged on the other side, stronger, wiser, and better prepared to become what they once set out to be. You're listening to The Solution. Tell you what, Greg, I mean, you got to say it and you got to admit it. There's really only one road that leads to love. Really. I mean, you can try to get there a bunch of different ways, but only one road really leads to love. I know. Hey, hey welcome listeners. Welcome to The Solution. Hi, my name is Greg Dallin. I'm your host. Got my co-host with me here, Greg Carter. Hello, everybody. Good to see you, Greg. Good to see you too, Greg. So anyway, that road that leads to love. It starts with friendship. We all have needs, right? Yes. If you want to start love, you start at friendship. And so to take care of everybody's needs, you got to give the girl that you want attention, understanding, acceptance, appreciation, and affection. You know, of those five, they're all key. They're a little bit self-explanatory, but they're very important to developing a friendship which can blossom in to love. And that is the road to love. You know, what, what are the other roads? What are some of the other roads? I would call one of the other roads lust. Yes, that didn't get me anywhere. The only thing lust would get me at the very most was in the sack. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Shallow, no relationship, even though my mind told myself I had something going here with this girl. Nothing at all. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it falls short, doesn't it? Because it wasn't built upon friendship is the floor. Yes. What are the walls? Respect. And the ceiling is, of course, passion. Yeah. Passion. We'll talk about that. It's, you know, in the book, uh, Love Tactics, they build the house of love, which is built. The floor is your friendship. That's 90%. Of a love relationship, your walls are respect. Respect is huge. That's eight percent. Two percent is passion, and you know you ignite you ignite passion by um, you create the man can create the passion. If you think the relationship is stale, the reason it's stale is because your gal needs to feel your strength, your masculinity. That will put her into her feminine. And then things are back to the way they need to be. You can do that a, d- a number of different ways by being somewhat aloof, uh, by sometimes just telling her the word no, <laughs> you know, standing up for yourself. Yes. But you put yourself into that role, into the role of the, of the alpha male. Now, it's really quite easy when you think about it. I had a little thought the other day. I'm going to talk about this just briefly. But I had this little thought the other day. Okay, house of love. This is it right here. Okay. The floor is friendship, right? Yes. 90%. 80%, 8% of it is respect. Then you got the ceiling, which is passion for 2%. And then that's for friendship, right? Yes. Now, I thought about this the other day. Let's imagine there's two people inside the house. 
Okay, all of a sudden they build a fire, right, in the fireplace? Yep. The embers are are warming up. They're getting warm. They're getting really warm. The fireplace is doing good. Then all of a sudden, smoke comes out of the chimney. (laughs) Guess what that is? That's love. Oh, yeah. Because the embers got going through passion. And then love going through the chimney, seeing it rising out of the house. That's love. Very well put, Craig. Very well put. And that's definitely a house that's built on stone, not sand. Ooh. I like that. Even the old Bible yep. back in Sunday school, the wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. And I believe that to be with relationships too. Wow. Exactly. It's how it's built, you know, to withstand, to withstand time. Yes. Because so many things come at us and come at relationships and the things that come at us in relationships, you wouldn't think they would. You would think society would um, want to see these things uh, flourish and prosper and survive through trials. But society and people, and try, they're, they're, they're against these things a lot of times. So we have to withstand them. But to build something right, to build that loving relationship, it's how it's built. Yes. And then the byproducts of that are incredible things. Beautiful things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, for sure. Let's, you know, let's talk about purpose. Josh, he's a friend of ours. You know, we got the voiceover in our show. Yes. The guy at the beginning, the middle, and the end. Right. Gotta love him. Gotta love him. Oh, he's excellent. He's, he's awesome. Yes, he is. That's Josh. And he, he had that question the other day. Somebody asked him that question the other day. They're like, well, what do you mean purpose? You know, you guys got your show. What do you mean by purpose? So I go find my purpose. Is that, I've got a job. I go to a job every day. I go to work. I make money. Josh said something to him like, well, what do you like beyond that? What is your, who are you? What are you all about? And then um, we were talking with him about it. And I says, well, you know, what, 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 what works for you? I know finally at this age in my life, I know what works for me, and that is to help others. Yes, I totally agree. Like for myself, to make an income, mm-hmm. my insurance business, you know, I sell life, accident, health, Medicare, some financial products. That isn't me. That's just my income. That's it. Mm-hmm. My real purpose, I feel, is what I have been doing. You know, I've been doing a lot of volunteer work the last several years, you know, helping addicts and alcoholics who are struggling, Mm -hmm. being there for them to the best of my ability and doing my best not to enable, you know, just to, you know, carry a message of experience, strength, and hope that there is light at the end of the tunnel and help a lot of those people walk through it. And I believe that's a purpose. Sometimes I've had calls where I've talk somebody out of committing suicide, just being there. Mm -hmm. And that's a life with purpose. Something that's like, I believe our purpose in life is services that we do for other people. Like you said, being of service, almost like they're gifts of God. They just Mm -hmm. come natural to us. Mm -hmm. They come natural. Each one of us, I believe has our own little gifts that serve purpose that will help our fellow man. Oh, actually, yeah, absolutely. If you 
If you want to find out your purpose, there's a lot of ways to find it out. But I mean, you can pray about it and have God show you. But yeah, just to go out and help others. I mean, if you're an alcoholic and a, and a or an addict and you overcome it, I to me almost that's a, that's immediately that's a really easy way to find your purpose because look at how equipped you are. Yes, I mean you had to pay some money to get that degree. Yes, I mean <laughs> bought and paid for, baby. You just you just have a new. You found your new party because life is a party, but it doesn't have to be a party of a wild party. It can be a party of absolute. You're filled up. You're filled up when you help others. It's you're not getting drained. Yes. You're getting filled. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. You go out and help a an alcoholic or an addict. You'll leave that person's house or whatever meeting with them. Chances are you might feel better than they feel <laughs> when you go share the message, right? I agree. I agree. Like a a young gentleman said he was just been trying to help another person to try to get sober. And he says, Greg, I don't know. I'm discouraged. I go, what for? Well, I've been trying to, to help him get sober. And the most he'll stay sober is a day or two here or there. I'm spending a lot of time with him. Am I doing something wrong? I said, this is not doing anything for him. And I said, let me ask you something. Don't be discouraged on that. Don't worry about the outcome. You're doing the best you can. I go, during this whole time you're helping him out, you stayed sober, right? He goes, yes, I have. I go, then it's working. Mm -hmm. Then it's working. Service work not only helps the other person, they have to choose to take the gift. However, it's helping you out because this is one of the tools that's helping maintain your sobriety. Plus you're bringing that other person that much closer to their sobriety. Absolutely. Yes. Win-win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it is really. I mean, you got to chink away at people too, you know, to, to get somewhere. It's like going through a brick wall or something. You got to chink through it. You know, if you get, it takes time to drill through things. It does. And the, <laughs> the, the head and the mind of uh, somebody who's addicted to something, their mind wants to keep that addiction going. Yes, it does. Because that mind or whatever that person, that's how they're finding their comfort. Yeah. It's that one thought of obsession where obsessing is one thought that overcomes all other thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. We've all been there. I've had that before. Yeah. Yeah. Just one thought overcomes all other thoughts. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It yeah, is. The power, the power of that one thing. Yes. Yeah. But there is a way to beat it. And, and you know what? The power, it's, it's, it's the power of we. It's the power of we, because you're meeting with somebody. Yes. There's so much power in a group. There is. You know, that, that's how, going, going back to purpose, Yes. doing this, I love it because someday or even today, this show, if I, if I can hear one, two, three, whatever, four people and say that we helped them, hey, Actually, that's happened already, I believe, hasn't it? I believe it has. You had a response to any of the, somebody's run to the email saying you helped them out. One, or a phone call or one something. One gal, yes, and I, I got back with yeah. her. Well, yeah, there's been many that way, and that's that's what's made it work. That's why we keep doing this. Yes, you know? exactly. But, um, yeah, there's nothing better. And there's something about the power of we, though. You try to do something by yourself, and... That's one thing I've learned in the last, whatever, eight, 10 years is the power of we versus the power of I. 
If I try to, you know, <laughs> try to make something really happen, we have the power of we. Right now, we got three of us here. Yes. You know, you, Josh, and myself. And God. At, well, well, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Totally God. Yeah. yeah, the end. Yes. Totally, 100%. But, um, yeah, that's where that's where the power comes from. I mean, I you know, an alcoholic or whatever, they, they do a lot of isolation. And they're into their mind. They're self, it's a self-centered thing. The more we sit and think about ourselves, the depression. Depression, you know, and I'm 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 all for if it's clinically, if it's something that you know, you can get relief and you have to get relief through medication through through big pharma. Hey, I'm all for that. Yes. But I'm also for understanding that if a person has a really down day, there could be a chance that you're focusing a little bit too much on yourself because I know in the past when I've I was having a terrible day. But you know what? I had 5 bucks in my pocket and instead of going to buying some beer, <laughs> <laughs> I went and found somebody to give 5 bucks to. And it, you know, because I had a little bit more money than that because I quit drinking. Yes. And if I could go help somebody out, I just, just to go help somebody out, that pulled me out of whatever I was in. That's something that's powerful. Yeah. That's very powerful. That really is to do that. I remember an old friend of ours, Doug, mm-hmm. old friend. I remember there are times when he said that he might take his last few dollars in his pocket a few times and he would just give it to somebody mm-hmm. the last few dollars. And he said, what ends up happening, he noticed that good luck started happening shortly after that. Like, you know, something good would come his way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's amazing how that happens. Like you, you were blessed by giving that $5, the last $5 in your pocket yeah. to somebody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want to get relief, you're not going to find it in yourself. If you're going, in my experience, the only relief, I can find relief. I can go walking. I, I, you know, you're trying to get your, you might be trying to get your uh, endorphins to dump down, your dopamine to dump down, right? Yes. If you need a hit, if you need something to feel good, okay, go for a walk. But you know what? You dump down your dopamines too when you go help somebody. You know, if you're struggling... Hey, go help somebody. If you're struggling bad, go help somebody. Get out of your mind. That's right. You've stayed with us this far, and that shows commitment, proving you possess the trait required to obtain the solution. Now let's rejoin the show already in progress. One of my mentors used to tell me this one time I I was in a a bad place in my mind when my insurance business, I think I was sober for about maybe five years, maybe I think it was. And I just worked really hard this one summer and nothing was coming to fruition, you know? And so he checked on me and he goes, Greg, you're thinking too much. You're beating yourself up by thinking. Right. So he said, thinking is for amusement only. It's like you mentioned, too, isolation. Mm-hmm. I, I believe we talked about this one time, I don't know, on the podcast, but back in my partying days, there were times where I isolated even amongst a group of partying friends. I no. could be in a busy nightclub and have periods of isolation. 
to where I felt lonely. I was in my head. You know, I was exactly. in my head. Yeah. And I know hearing other people talk, there were probably several other people that night in the nightclub that would be in their head for periods of time. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. Especially if you're in a nightclub, you're sitting there, there's a million things going through your mind. Hey, do I look good? Hey, how do I meet her? How do I, and you got all these things going around your head and you're kind of having a pity party. Who knows what's going on? Yes. But yeah. Oh, I, I agree 100%. Or I'd sit at a bar and um, there'd be a bunch of people there or whatever, but I'd just be sitting there. Yeah. And I'd be talking a little bit here and there, but most of it was in my head. And if somebody was talking to me, a lot of times I was listening to them thinking of what I was going to say or whatever. I was just not opened up. Right. And the flip side of that too, it's like having the pity party, but also too the opposite of that. There are plenty of times where, where I'd be sitting in the nightclub. It'd be the opposite. It would be my ego would just be way out of whack. Like, look at me, look at me. You know, I'm God's gift to, to women, you know, cause I have my six pack. We're talking several years ago, folks. Yeah. Six pack. And, you know, it's really ripped disco you know. pants. Not the disco pants. Nope. I, no, no, no. <laughs> but it was really sad though. Cause I, I remember reading this one time that I was in a state of being terminally unique and vainly cool. Ah. And that's bad for to be that way too. You know, that's, that's, that's a bad place to be too. <laughs> Real bad. Yes. Yeah. Terminally unique and vainly cool. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a little too in love with yourself. And it's easy to do because a lot of the people there were, Terminally cool and vainly cool too. Yeah. Yes. Or whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah. Terminally unique and vainly cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's like, man, and, and I could experience both of those, you know, thinking that way of myself was really whacked is when I have, when I felt both ways about myself within the same night, several different times, I feel like a piece of crap, right? Down and out, you know, feeling lonely. And then all of a sudden, Maybe take another hit of Coke or that other shot or two and bing, I'm back up again, terminally unique and vainly cool. Yep. You know, just thank God I don't live that lifestyle anymore. Thank God. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. wow. Like you said, you know, you were so dependent upon that hit or whatever. Yes. To flip the switch. Yeah. That's a lot of back and forth, isn't it? It is a lot of back and forth. Yeah. And it's all in the mind. A lot of these problems that I had or how I felt. A lot of it centered in the mind, you know, it really did like thinking is for amusement only. Yeah. And you said the word centered right there. Yes. You yeah. were an, you were a male. I'm going to call you a beta male that night, obviously, because you were not centered. Right. Right. And you were, you were not on a <clears throat> real mission or purpose. You were just, maybe you thought you were. Oh, I did. But <laughs> I did. the only reason I'm saying this is because I've been there myself. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a, it's a feeling of not, not being centered is a, is, a, is a bad feeling, you know. But if you're centered, and this is a little bit switched, this, this kind of actually gears towards dating and um, being an addict or yes. an alcoholic. Because they, let's face it, relationships – and drug drug addiction, alcoholism, they all kind of, they can intertwine pretty easily. Yes, I can. It's a toxic cocktail, too. It, it's toxic. Yeah, it is. it is. It is. Yes. Very toxic. And, you know, you don't, you're, the mind gets 
skewed, so skewed, so easily wondering what's good for you, what isn't good for you. Is she good for me? Is is she bad for me? Am I good for her? Am I bad for her? There's so much, I think, confusion that goes through the mind at that time. And the filter, the filter that we have in our brain at that time is what it filters out and what it what allows to be good and bad, it's a totally different filter than what we have if we're, let's say, let's say we're, let's, you can go that way or let's say we're an alpha male and we're living our purpose. We're doing what we know deep down is the right thing to be doing and working on, right? Right. And then that goes through the filter of just that, and then we don't have to worry about, we don't even have to think about the right gal, the right place, the right time, because we are working on our purpose, you know, our mission in life, yes. our purpose, and we know we're confident and we're centered and we, we're, we're, we are confident and we feel good about it. When those things are all put together and they happen, the byproducts are just incredible. They are. And one of them is you will be introduced to or you will meet or you will see the right gal for you and she'll know it and you'll know it and things will happen and you'll be like, wow, what just happened? That was cool. You know? That would be cool. Because you you were ready, you were ready when that situation presented itself. There's so many things, so many times in life where, where situations pass us by, right? Yes. They come, they go. But if we're not ready for them, if we're ready for them, they're gonna come to us. You know, what you just said is is intense. It's heavy. I love that. Cause this is an old saying that I was told years ago by my mentor. He always said, like, it's a sense of preparation. We're preparing ourselves for that time to happen. And I asked him one time, I said, I'm feeling lucky in my sobriety. Just good things keep happening to me. Little good things. He encouraged me to look at, you know, like if you're feeling down, look at the good, look at the good things, like your peace, you know, the happiness you're experiencing a lot of times. And, you know, these are byproducts. You've done the work involved to get these gifts. You know, you've prepared yourself for him. And I said, so guess what luck is? I go, what's that? He goes, luck is preparation meeting opportunity. And that is so true. It's like we're prepared ourselves. And so when the oppor- the opportunities like this are just going to fall in our lap, like yeah. the little gifts. But then, you know, I feel too the right one is a gift. I really do. I feel the right one is a gift, you know, from I yes. call it the man upstairs, you know. No, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yes. hundred percent. You know, we create an energy about us and, um, oh yeah. When you're intact, you, when you're in tuned in with your, you know, uh, being a Christian, you can be tuned in your Holy spirit, but when you're, when you're tuned into yourself, you know, yourself, when that intuition, when that, when you can feel it, you, that can be, that can drive you, that, that can drive you. You don't have to sit and wonder about all these things. And when you're on your purpose, you don't have to worry about all these little things because you're listening to your insides and you're working on your purpose and you know, you have the confidence where everything that's going to come is going to be good because you're, you're working hard for it. 
Yes. But if everything, if, if you get the mindset of, oh, things are going to be, they're just going to come to me. Well, no. In life, we got to work for everything. Yes. Yes, we do. And isn't that cool? That is very cool. That is it very is. cool. Effort. We have to have some effort on our part. Society nice. likes to teach otherwise, don't they? Yes, they do. Instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're fighting. You know, people can fight that because th- this is not a... Uh, I was going to say, this is not a Game of Thrones, <laughs> but <laughs> this is not, but this is not a, it's like, it's like the road to love. There are not a bunch of roads that lead to love. You know, if I want to go to, if I want to go to Des Moines right now, I could go about five different ways. I could go six if I wanted to go by plane. I could go seven if I wanted to go by train, but if, but to love, you can only go one way. To really get to the true love that's going to last. Because it has to be prepared for. Right. It is. It is. And that one way is built on friendship and respect and passion. The iceberg analogy. Remember that? We talked about that. Ooh, I like that. What's that about? I think, actually, you're the one that told me you read it somewhere. Iceberg. Like you see the iceberg, the majority of the iceberg is under the water. Correct. The little bits on top, you know, so probably the part we're seeing is the, yep. you know, the. The passion is only a very, very small part of it. Yes. I, yeah. The iceberg, good one. Good metaphor. Yes. I like that. Yeah. The majority yep. of it. But the majority of it is under, you can't see it. The majority of it is underneath the water of friendship. Yes. But what we can see is the passion. So we get all carried away thinking we got to have a ton of passion to pull this off, but we don't. 98% of it is not passion. I know. And that's something I've been hearing that for years that, you know, even my, I can't remember what course it was. I think it was psychology. But that 2% like, is the most important part. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. My psychology professor said this all the time. He goes, 1%. Or less than one percent of a marriage is actually in the bedroom. He goes, probably it's safe to say less than one percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- that says something. Oh you know, yeah, two percent passion. See what I mean? Yeah. Nope. So these are. It's safe to say. Yep. Yeah, ninety percent. If I come passion. home, if I would come home, or like with Trish, my girlfriend. Yeah. If I'd see her, and I think that um, things are stale, things aren't going right. I'm. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to push the little red panic button. But what I'm going to do is understand, hey, maybe she's uh, not feeling my strength here. You know, hey, wait, maybe she's in her um, masculinity. You feel the relationship. It's kind of like, oh, what's wrong? She isn't responding to you real good. It feels like, you know, just things aren't right. Well, reestablish your purpose. You might have to go to the man shed for a while. You know, but you reestablish your purpose. It's like you got to go do what you got to do. And then all of a sudden the law of attraction kicks in. She sees you going that way. Ooh, she wants to follow. That's what's happening right there. Yeah. Very well put. Yes. Very well put. You go to the man shed and you cut wood. Or you might have some iron, pumping iron. Yeah. And when she, yeah. Yeah, And guess what? When she tries to get in, the door is locked. 
<laughs> she can look through the windows. That's close she's going to get. Then all of a sudden, boom, the passion is going on again. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? That is. We got to put an end to this show, though. <laughs> Listeners, we love the heck out of you. Thanks for listening. Write us, Craig2042 at gmail.com. Greg, as always, it's been awesome. Oh, it's always awesome. I have a lot of fun doing this. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Love you. All right. Love you. Take care. Bye. This concludes this episode of The Solution. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to check out our next episode. Send your questions and comments to Craig2042 at gmail.com. That's Craig with a C. Until next time, good luck and goodbye.